All right, welcome to the Sports Block Podcast for this week, the week after Labor Day. Hopefully everyone had a nice Labor Day weekend. College football has kicked off. The NFL will kick off next week. We'll have a, a semi-decently long preview. Who knows who? what's to say there? Uh, who better to do that with? Of course, I'm Nathan Stacken, and uh, alongside me is my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Grins. Travis, how we doing? Good. Good weekend. One, I think it's one final blast this summer. Got low 90s today, supposed to be 102 on Thursday. Gross. And then supposed to be around 75 to 80 next week. Supposed mm-hmm. to be around 70 this weekend, starting on Friday. So, um, some some nice weather. The, the nice cool weather hopefully starts this weekend. Yes, the cold front moves through, I believe, Thursday night into Friday, at least for... St. Cloud, we're supposed to get to 91 on Thursday. That's just way too gross. Are, is Mitchell going to set any records with that 102-degree temperature? I would have to assume yes. Oh, I think we're being pretty close, I would think, on uh, what, September 8th. So probably not, but I'm assuming we'll, we'll be pretty close. Holy cow, it's just ridiculous. But yes, cold front moving through here. Uh, Mitchell beat Sturgis last week in football, so are they to the number five team in the in the class again? They are somehow one son of a bitch, namely me, out of a five, and uh, they beat Sturgis, so they're back up to five now. So um, now uh, Mitchell plays number one Pierre, and that will likely not go well Saturday. Nope. But I already decided to keep Mitchell at five because nothing in that game will say to me that Mitchell shouldn't be five. Uh, Pierre beat Brookings. Last week, 48-0 on the road at Brookings, and Brookings is number four. Holy shnikes. So, yeah, you know, it's Keith Mitchell at five, and yeah, they won 36-22. So, yeah, stupid polls. There again. I know it's very early in the season, but would it be a pretty big upset if Peer doesn't win the state, uh, doesn't win state yeah. this year? Yeah, they should probably not lose a game, so... They won it five years in a row. This would make it six. Uh, West Central's the only one to do that six in a row. Uh, from 2000 to 2005. Your West Central, my, my partial West, West Central. Your West Central. From when I was in seventh grade to senior year, they won it every year. So I, I mean, I don't expect them to lose. I expect them to win every game by a lot and, and to win the entire thing. Very good. Very good. Any other uh, games of note from last weekend? Anything that uh, we need to take stock in regarding South Dakota football? No, I've got to go to uh, Alexandria this week, which is 10, 12 miles west of here, uh, for Hanson and Parkson. Those are two top five teams at 9AA. Okay. And uh, did Hanson a few weeks ago when they were at Howard. They lost to number one Howard twenty to twelve. Yeah, and slipped a spot, right? That's so. That's what yep. began this whole thing, right? Yeah, those will be number four and five, and they got a brand new, brand new track, brand new field turf. Ooh. Improvements made at Hanson, so you get a chance to check that out on Friday, and we get to make the uh, drive to Pier on Saturday nights, and uh, we have our first uh, volleyball game. We're gonna do. Um, Thursday, it's supposed to be 102 degrees on Thursday, and there is no air conditioning hmm. in the gym. So we'll see how that feels. But I'm thinking it's going to feel wet. 
Well, they... It depends, I guess, on when the cold front moves through, but I, I would there be a chance that they postpone it just because it's so hot in that gym? I asked today, kind of knowing they wouldn't. Like, how hot would it have to get for us not to have to play a volleyball game inside? Because, you know, it's supposed to be 102 on Thursday with, like, a south wind at 20 to 30, mm-hmm. but it's going to be warmer inside than 100. It's 100 outside with wind. It's going to be warmer inside with that much wind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be terrible. So, it sounds like we just need to put the parkas away for that game. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, yeah, weekend should be nice, but yeah, you're going to be quite awful on Thursday. Well, speaking of awful, I don't know how quite to describe that Jackrabbit uh, Hawkeye game from Saturday, but awful would be one of them. And just, like... Iowa wins 7-3 by not scoring a touchdown. Their punter was the MVP of the game. They record two safeties and a field goal. SDSU had players dropping like flies. I don't know if that was just how physical Iowa was, if there's a conditioning deal. Uh, I mean, Tucker Craft goes down right away after like a little six-yard jet sweep. Uh, he's going to be out for a few weeks. It sounds like it's not uh, it's not too serious. It's an ankle knee injury, so he'll be back for when it matters most, which is good. But the offense really couldn't get anything going, but it didn't help that they kept getting pinned inside their own 10. I, though, am... It, the defense was the big question, I think. Well, that, that and the coaching. I'm not really going to blame the coaching so much because they aren't responsible for all those pre-snap false starts. That's that's entirely based on on the attention and, and you know, just oh, awareness. It, it, that was not good for SDSU. And I think Stig, uh, Coach Stiglmeyer said as much post-game. You know, he's proud of his guys, but also disappointed because of all the self-inflicted wounds and mistakes that they had. But to hold Iowa out of the end zone for the entire game, for the way they played defensively, it sucks that they couldn't get anything going offensively, but you lose one of your, you know, arguably your best player on offense. You overshoot, uh, what, Jackson, was it Jackson or Jaden Yankee on what would have been the only touchdown of the game, and maybe that changes the complexion. Gronowski would have loved to have that one back. He got hit a couple times, had to leave the game for several drives. Overall, it's I think it's positive because you, you look at, A, how good Iowa's defense is going to be this year, and also, B, their offense stinks, but credit SDSU's defense as well. It's going to be a long, ugly year of Iowa football. I'm cautiously optimistic about the Jacks, but they got to get healthy. It was just a perfect Iowa game and the usual SDSU game of, Always losing to the big time school in a game you should have won. Mm-hmm. They just can't win the big game. That's just kind of what I'm going to remember from this era. Like they can't win the big one. They've beaten North Dakota State in the regular season more times than anybody else. Mm-hmm. They beat them in the playoffs when it matters. Should have beaten Nebraska at least once. Should have beat the Gophers a couple times already. Mm hmm. Should have won that game on Saturday, but yeah, that was a pretty awful football game to watch. Just it wasn't good, but both both defenses were good, but that Iowa quarterback 
I mean, some game just he just overthrew guys, just wasn't very accurate. SDSC's defense was plenty good, and a lot of that was just inaccurate passes. Guys mm-hmm. were open, and on the SDSU end, the, the one play they had a chance to score a touchdown, uh, they overthrew the guy by a couple yards. So, mm-hmm. anyway, Mark, Mark Gronowski, you got to throw the ball away. That's yeah. Yep. One of my pet peeves, like, throw the ball away. You, you've got... You've got maybe four seconds every play. If it's not there within four seconds, throw it away. Mm-hmm. You know, it costs them the game, and you got to be more aware of the situation. Throw the ball away. If if I'm an SDSU fan out of that, I'm disappointed that we lost, but I'm proud of how well the defense played and know that, okay, we get healthy, yeah, the we, the offense isn't going to look like this pretty much the rest of the year. Just the level of competition, how great Iowa's defense is. You know, it it, it sucks that we lost, but because that's a game we probably should have won. But I'm optimistic with how the defense played. If I'm an Iowa fan, yes, we won, but I'm looking at that like we barely beat an FCS team, even though they're one of the best FCS teams there. But how do we feel that we're going to fare against the Wisconsins, the Minnesotas this year? Like, this offense is absolutely dreadful. If I'm an Iowa fan, I'm sick. I'm like, I don't take any satisfaction or pride out of that win because it was so awful. Like their defense, they'll be fine to do whatever, you know, they really do. You know, Purdue shit the bed something fierce on Thursday yep. by Purdue squad. Yep. And, I mean, it'll be Iowa and Wisconsin like it is 90% of the time. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care if they're down or this or that. Sure as hell isn't going to be Nebraska. Sure as hell isn't going to be Purdue. It's going to be fucking, ain't going to be Northwestern. Like, who else is left? Minnesota. Yeah, ain't going to be them. It's going to be Iowa, Wisconsin. Uh, so, you mentioned... Yeah, that, that quarterback is just awful. I just don't understand how you are that level of a football team, and I was usually pretty good. You can't find a quarterback or you don't want to evolve offensively. Or Kirk Ferentz has his kid as offensive coordinator. Like, you were number two in the country last year. You knocked off Ohio State, and the very next week you lost. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't So, yeah. it's so, I mean, Some of these teams with quarterbacks, oh my God. Yeah. Clemson quarterback, not good. Nope, yep. Oregon has Bo Nix from Auburn. Jesus Christ. What the hell did he do? Mm-hmm. Auburn for Oregon to say, hey, we want this guy. It's like, no, that ain't that's not good at all. No. Um, so you kind of touched on it with some of the other <sighs> Purdue uh, shitting the bed against Penn State. That was not good at all uh utah crapped the bed something fierce against florida you mentioned like oregon barely even showed up against georgia i mean i i thought georgia was going to be good this year i didn't think they were 46 points better than oregon good and oregon drops from 11 to out of the pole well i mean to be fair you lose by 46 georgia was gonna beat them by like 35 points you know, by like 46, but yeah, I, thought, I figured that would be a game. I thought Ohio State would do better than they did. I thought they would beat Notre Dame yep. by about three points. But yeah, this is, I mean, these were not good matchups. 
Right, and that that Ohio State game had me worried there for a little while. I'm like, well, okay, where is Ohio State's offense uh, going to come alive? Now, give credit to Notre Dame's defense and give credit to their, their game plan. Their game plan was good. Ohio State's defense just came to play there in the second half. Uh, RIP to my Utah Utes uh, for shitting the bed yep. against Florida. Anthony Richardson leading that game-winning touchdown drive, and then Cam rushing, throwing an interception in the end zone after, like, oh, we're going to play for overtime. Nope, we throw a pick. It's like, oh, my gosh. So the Florida, the Billy Napier era in Florida starts out well. Uh, so that was good to see. Uh, if, for, if you're a Florida fan, not good if you're a Utah uh, fan or a Pac-12 fan in general because with Oregon and Utah losing, your hopes and dreams reside with USC. And I just don't know if this is the year for USC. I think it's going to be next year. But, I mean, that I mean, you can't take anything what they did against Rice and say, oh, yeah, this is why USC is so good. Uh, I guess it's good for Utah that you lose early on in the year. Uh, you could still run the table and probably be okay, but that's still not a, a good loss. And North Carolina State almost crapped the bet against East Carolina. Like, that's a game they should have lost. So for everyone touting North Carolina State, yes, you went on the road, played East Carolina, but that was not a good showing or good performance by the Wolf Pack at all. No, 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 they should have lost that game. Missed extra point, missed field goal. East Carolina let that let that one slip away. So, you know, they they dropped five spots to number eighteen. So yeah, no no thank you on North Carolina State. That should be an ugly looking game in a couple weeks versus Clemson. Oh my gosh, yeah. I will say that like DJ Uyagale had some decent throws at times uh, in Monday night's game. I mean, it's a very up and down performance. I saw some better throws that if you know you would hope that his wide receivers could come down with that, or maybe be puts a little more air under it. But when you look at that score and say, "Oh, Clemson just kicked the crap out of him, forty-one to ten, out of Georgia Tech," it's like, no, actually, it wasn't all. It, it, the 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 game was closer than the final score indicated. Clemson has some things to clean up. I mean, you gotta go there. I think they got a pretty good freshman. Mm-hmm. I go go to them. Go to him. Because th- this guy's not working out. The, the standard for Clemson should be to to make the playoffs and compete for a national title. And I don't see that happening with this guy. And then Sunday night, L- I think the honeymoon era is over for Brian Kelly already. Or if not, it will soon be over. Because that was a dreadful looking performance by LSU. Against the Florida State team that looks to be improved. But still... LSU playing practically in their backyard there in New Orleans. I mean, it you should play a little better. Jaden Daniels, the Arizona State transfer, wasn't great. And yet they drive down the field, down by seven, drive 99 yards for a game winning or a game tying touchdown in a minute 20. Things are looking good, and they get an extra point block. That's LSU. So I mean, if, if I'm an LSU stick that we might be 8-4, and 9-3, and three, like, oh, yeah, this is what Brian Kelly's can do, you're going to be lucky to go to a bowl game based on what I saw Sunday night against Florida State. Like, this is just not a good LSU squad this year. Too inconsistent offensively. Uh, give credit to Florida State. They look to be a little more improved from last year. Uh, maybe this is the year they can win eight, nine games. But if I'm LSU, it's like, whoa, what was that? I mean, again, their quarterback is awful. 
Jane Davis or Daniels, yeah. the guy from Arizona State. Yep. And he wasn't good there. He was 26 to 35 for barely 200 yards. For with 35 times, he get 209 yards. Not good. Ran the ball a lot. That's the only thing he can do well. Yeah, just like, again, LSU, Iowa. How can you never find a quarter? <laughs> Consistently, you never get average quarterback play. It's, it's, I don't understand it. I don't either. And this week, it seemed like, yeah. seem like Georgia had like three of them. Like Stetson Bennett was their third stringer, and he comes in and wins the national title. They can find three guys, you can't find one. Did you see that play he made against Oregon with like five Oregon defenders all around oh. him? He spins out of a tackle and throws a touchdown pass. I mean, that was incredible. Yeah, and he's, yeah, Georgia and Alabama. Somebody somebody played for, for third place here. Yeah, same, same old stuff. Uh, we'll get to week two here in a moment, but first, let's recap. Uh, I'm going to give you two out of three for last week here. Your your, right. your game of the week was per, uh, was Penn State at Purdue. Purdue, it, it, got, show me something. They didn't. They showed me that they're maybe not ready for this stage yet, but a very good back-and-forth game. Penn State, a late drive to win it. Uh, Purdue did have a pick six in there, so... That was good. Your upset of the week was App State over UNC in what might be the craziest game of college football all year with App State scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter. They have a chance to tie or take the lead. I think, yeah, they were going to take the lead. And their quarterback overthrows the the wide receiver by like an inch. They would have given him a a one-point lead. Who knows if their defense would have held up against UNC, but then they do an onside kick. UNC returns it for a touchdown. Oh, maybe you should have just gone down because App State yep. drives down the field, scores a touchdown with nine seconds left. They try and go for two. The quarterback doesn't get in by, like, inches. So App State loses 63-61. So I'm giving you a half point for each of those because App State was so close to beating UNC. I'm giving you a full point for your watch-your-ass game. Houston against UTSA. Houston was down in this game. The Roadrunners were playing great. Houston ultimately wins in triple overtime because of the stupid two-point conversion rule that I absolutely hate about college football. But Houston survived UTSA. You called it. So well done. I'm giving you two out of three for this week. So two of those games came down to the final play. Mm-hmm. And one game went to, or one game went to the final minute. Gus Johnson called that. Penn State drive, unbelievable, and I guess one of the great drives you'll ever see or something like that. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I, I was watching that game like, well, shit, Penn State's going to score here, and they did rather quickly. Purdue refused to run the football and try to run some clock. And Gus Johnson, oh, my God, like he does. And there's still like a minute, 50 seconds, so 50 seconds left. Like, one of the great drives you'll ever see. I'm like, what? Like, I would have been fucking stunned if they didn't score. So, I don't... Yeah, I guess Johnson, I, enough, enough. That Penn State game, the Penn State in general, that was like... It, that game was the epitome of the Sean Clifford era because he shows how great he can be at times, and then other times he you know can't complete enough passes. I mean, he only completed what fifty percent of his passes. He throws that bad interception that was returned for a pick six. Like that's why I don't have a lot of faith in Penn State. He used to go into Purdue, 
and get that win is very solid for them, that's great. I just think there's too much inconsistency with Penn State, and they are just fortunate that Purdue happened to play slightly worse. And maybe Purdue is, I don't know, maybe not quite ready for prime time at this stage. Uh, also, Penn State at Purdue was given to Fox because of the Joe Buck uh, move from Fox to ESPN. That's uh, what has been reported. So Penn State at Purdue on Fox is directly because of Joe Buck. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, but LSU's drive at the end was more impressive. Yes, absolutely. The one to scum in that. There were like three more impressive drives in the Big Ten that week than whatever the hell Penn State did. Mm-hmm. And they were the very next night it was Indiana and Illinois. I think uh, maybe Illinois had a good drive at the end of the game. Like, oh, that was better than Penn State. And then Appalachian State, I mean, that North Carolina, yeah, step out of bounds on the, on the onside kick. You're up one with 30 seconds left. You step mm-hmm. out of bounds, and it's done. And just the unawareness of extending the game. Mm-hmm. And the game, they scored, what, six, seven touch, six touchdowns in the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. Let's give them another crack. And they hit the ball, like, at the 48-yard line, and they take two plays to score. Also more impressive than whatever the hell Penn State did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. close, close on those games. Uh, backyard brawl was great. I was on the phone with Charlie while the backyard brawl was going on because if West Virginia had won, we were both going to sing uh, Country Road, uh, uh, Country Roads the next week when he comes on with us because I thought, oh my gosh, is West Virginia actually going to do this? Fourth and inches. Would you man up a little bit, uh, Neil Evans or whatever, whatever, whoever the head coach is for West Virginia? Let me call him out by name here because he deserves to get called out for his coward cowardliness for not going for it on fourth and inches inside Pittsburgh territory to win the game. Go for it, you fucking pansy! Like, come on, this, it's just. You want to know why West Virginia is not going to win many games this year? Because of decisions like that. They had that game won. And then the, the, the uh, who was it, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton had the ball go through his hands and a pick, like it was a perfect, like West Virginia is going to drive down, maybe win the game on a game-winning field goal, but that wasn't good. Neil Brown, so Neil Brown, you deserve to get fired for your cowardliness in that game up by seven. Your, your running back can't get stopped. You have a big quarterback. Just sneak it. And also, while I'm on the subject here, not necessarily with West Virginia, I hate it when teams go shotgun or pistol at the one-yard line or if they need an inch. Just sneak it under center. Give it, like, Gil, go under center. Don't go shotgun. It, it annoyed the hell out of me when the Jacks did it with Isaiah Davis. Like, you're not giving them any chance. Just sneak it. Get a couple of yards. Give yourself some breathing room. It ticks me off to no end. I don't know why coaches keep doing this, but it's it's freaking ridiculous. The more I watch football, the more I realize how stupid it is. And it just pisses me off more than anything else. Yeah. Just some of the calls that are made, well, usages of timeouts. There's something every week that defies logic. Mm-hmm. It's like that. I don't know. Doesn't make sense at all. Uh, week two, not a lot on the docket. You got Alabama, Texas. That's where College Game Day's at. That's where Fox pregame's going to be at. Uh, you have 
Oregon. I mean, that's going to be a goddamn slaughter. A goddamn absolute slaughter. I'm a little surprised that College Game Day isn't going to uh, Provo to with Baylor against BYU. BYU looked incredibly impressive after that rain delay or weather delay against South Florida. You have Baylor. I mean, this is a big matchup. This is a, a potential big. This is a preview of what they're going to be like in the Big Twelve. I would go there with two ranked teams. I wouldn't go for Alabama, Texas. Uh, so I don't get. It, but like that's that's clearly the biggest game of the week, at least to me. Uh, you have Fl- Florida, Kentucky. Obviously, like it's gotten a lot better since Florida won. Now it becomes more of a, okay. Can Florida keep this up, or is Kentucky gonna say, okay, we got control of the East apart from Georgia, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, another good game. So there are some there are some decent matchups, but I think B- I think Baylor BYU is the game of the week. Yeah, that's an easy one. My game of the week, your game of the week, Baylor-BYU. Two teams open for some playoff action, so we can probably eliminate one of those two teams, and hopefully BYU wins that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got... I guess my, uh, my my second game of the week would be Kentucky-Florida. I'm interested in that. Okay, I'll, I'll throw that in for an honorable mention. So, yeah, Baylor, BYU, I got to go to Pierre. So, hopefully, uh, BYU-Baylor games are, what, 9-15? Yes. Yep. I'll probably go home around midnight. I'll probably take that and watch it tomorrow. Watch it Sunday. It should be fairly easy not to see what is going on in that game, hopefully. So, I could watch that during Sunday. What's your upset of the week? got two. All right. And Texas Tech is going to beat Houston. Whoa! Even though they're starting quarterbacks out. Does that matter? Sure. Houston didn't show me anything. Okay. Yeah, I, I do like UTSA, but Texas Tech over Houston, and I also like Arizona over Mississippi State. Oh, all right. Arizona is a 11-point underdog at home. I'll take Arizona to win. I'm not going to lie. What they showed me against San Diego State, the other SDSU, makes me more optimistic that they actually might be able to beat the Bison. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I wasn't expecting that sort of performance by Arizona against the Aztecs. Man, they got a good little good new, new stadium there in San Diego. Good little old stadium. Mm-hmm. And how about your watch-your-ass game of the week? <coughs> My watch my ass game of the week. Um, I'm gonna go App State again at Texas A&M. Team I hate. Um, they may lose by twenty, but I'm gonna go at App State at A&M. Oh. See if they can do something two weeks in a row. I'm sensing a theme here a little bit. We got an upset of the week last week with App State. The watch your ass game was Houston. This week, we're just flipping them around. You got Texas Tech deep beating Houston and App State at AM. Uh, watch your ass. So we'll see. Maybe there's a theme here uh, throughout the year. So that's week two. Council, uh, your, your Kansas team goes to West Virginia. Uh, play, play, play well, Kansas. Have a good, have a good show. Don't embarrass yourself. It's also going to be a long year in Blacksburg. We're losing to Old Dominion. Um uh, we're throwing, oh, yeah, was, we're throwing interceptions left and right. 
Uh, we're having field goals, you know, attempts go right, like uh, high snaps, getting like the, you know, a, a pass interference, which I don't agree with at all. That negated a first and goal, could have gone up 14 3, wouldn't have had the issues that we had. Like getting stuck in an elevator after halftime, just what? Oh, it's a, it's going to be a long year in Blacksburg. Yeah, that was, you know, another game there the second time I lost to him here recently. So. Yeah. Quit scheduling Old Dominion. Yep. Yep. That's that's for damn sure. Stop it. Um, all right. So that's college football. Also, also, yeah. yeah. On Friday, it looks like we're going to get a 12 team playoff. Ah, yes. Yeah, that got approved. Um, so all was they talked about it last year. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It sounds like on Thursday, oh, we're going to meet tomorrow. And we're going to have a 12-team playoff in, like, maybe as soon as two years from now. All of a sudden. I, why Why can't we just settle on eight? Like, let's have a, a slow progression towards this. Have the six, like, have your five power conference winners, have the the at-large, the non-power five, and then have two wild cards. Why, why do we have to go from four to 12? We don't need that. We don't need you're, – you're going to get Georgia against Oregon and lose 49-3. to Yeah, that's a lot of entertainment. I don't know if we're going to settle at 16, but more teams the best. Say no, no more than 16, so 12 is good because I hate that six – the top six conference champs get in. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Because last year Georgia would have been the five seed. And they were clearly no worse than the second best team in the country. If you're going to 16 eventually, then you have to have all conference winners in there. Like that's, I just want to see it. Just give them. Never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. You know, it should. Uh, but they're, they're giving them, you know, they're giving the group of five one spot. You know, so what six conference winners get in? So you know that one one of those non top five conferences are going to get a team in. So. I'm fine with it. Top four get a bye. First rounds at conference sites. Pretty, pretty simple. So we'll see if this changes anything because I am beyond tired of you know, the same handful of teams just getting in this thing every year. So oh, I am maybe too. I'll, I maybe upsets maybe will never happen, but we'll, we'll see. I am too, but I just thought that it, eight would be nice. I don't think. It's almost like we're going to, oh, we're, we're going to stay at four. Four is the right number. And I'm like, oh, let's go to 12. Like, can we have a natural progression here? Like, let's see if eight does well enough. And then if, if people are, if the same eight teams go get in like two or three years in a row, then say, okay, maybe we do need to expand to 12. Like, I, I just, I feel like you need to have a natural progression. Eight would have been a nice number. I, but it's all about the, it's all about the dollar and it's all about money. So... All right, uh, so that yeah, that is important. Uh, who is it? Greg Sankey, the the commissioner of the SEC. He doesn't see this starting until twenty twenty six. We'll see if that happens or not. But I mean, obviously the SEC kind of um, kind of leads the way or dominates things, or at least they used to. The Big Ten might be doing that now. But uh, I mean, they, I mean, the SEC should get at least three teams every year, and sometimes maybe four. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be, that'll be great for them. Yep. So, that's college football for this week. We'll talk plenty more college football next week. 
Uh, let's go to the diamond here, the diamond in the court before we get to the NFL, and then I, I guess anything else we have to look forward to. Um, I don't know what to make of the Twins, and it's nice that the Indians lost six of or five of six games, six of seven, whatever, at home against the Orioles and the Mariners. If the Twins would have liked to show up for the first two games against the White Sox, that would have been preferable. Uh, expect them to lose against the Yankees. I don't know where we're gonna. I don't know what we're looking at here with this team. I. I it's a, a wild card's out. I mean, they're six and a half games back of the third and final wild card spot. I mean, the Rays are on fire right now. The Mariners are playing well. The Jays are playing well. Like those are your three teams. Baltimore can try and stay in the mix. For the Twins, it's just the Central. I. It's good that they're going to stay within striking distance of Cleveland, but this is a huge weekend coming up for them with the Guardians coming to town. Yeah, I mean, you got to, it's going to come down to these head-to-head matchups. Those two games they blew back in June and July, and that hurts right now. And the game against the Yankees tonight have been... Oh, good. Can you get one of these? Hopefully again. Um, Rocco Baldelli, I would like him fired, or whoever the hell is in charge again of the bullpen. Because it's a waste of my time to follow this team anymore. They put in their new closer, Jorge Lopez, in the ninth inning. And he proceeds to fucking walk everybody and hit people. And it was what Friday night, a ridiculous ending against the White Sox. I've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Where it's a guy to load the bases and the White Sox get all upset. Yeah, why? It's like, I, just I, load the bases in a tie game in the ninth, you fucking idiots. Like, what the... It was, like, up by his shoulder. He couldn't fuck. He had no control over his pitches. Like, what the fuck are you whining about? You're going to win this game just standing there. Literally just standing there, you're going to win this game. And then he hits Jose Abreu. They, they, they shoot off the fireworks. But then they replay. And says, no, didn't even hit him. It hit his bat. So we got to do this shit again. And it's like an infield single. I could have been a double play, but wasn't. And that's how the White Sox win. A shitty-ass White Sox team. That was Friday night. When they had, I think, uh, Yohan Duran came in to throw 11 pitches. And that was his one inning of work. Thank you for throwing 11 times. You're done for the night. And then they played the Yankees yesterday. It's 2-2 in the sixth. Chris Archer, who literally has never gotten it out in the sixth inning this year. That's not what he does or what they want him to do. They bring in what? Trevor McGill. It's a 2-2 game at Yankee Stadium in September. You're tied for the division lead. You bring in Trevor McGill to protect the lead in the sixth. Or protect the 2-2 tie. He proceeds to give up a hit and then a home run to Aaron Judge. And that's that. Like, why, why the fuck do I watch this team? If we're going to continue to send out our fifth best reliever in the sixth inning of a... Because every game from now on is a must-win game. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to win. If they say they are, they're fucking idiots. Because they're not. But if they ever get in a playoff situation, it's like, it's like we play Houston or the Yankees or who the fuck ever, Seattle in the playoffs... We're going to be tied at two in the fifth inning after Chris Archer throws five. We're going to bring in fucking Trevor McGill to protect the lead. 
like, fuck you. I've seen this for too many years. <laughs> I, still, again, I still think they're making the playoffs. They're winning this division. They got to beat Cleveland. I'm saying it's not going to be difficult, but just beat fucking Cleveland. You've done it many times before. So, yeah, it's going to come down to these Cleveland games. Cleveland, Cleveland's got a six-game series against Kansas City at the end of the year. They play six days in a row. Yep. So, we'll see what happens, but... You almost need the Twins to have a two-game lead going into that series, right? I mean... You, you, know, you know, the Royals can win a couple. I mean, Cleveland's been garbage. Couldn't, couldn't beat Baltimore or Seattle if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Or they had a five-game losing streak. Seattle just... Seattle just ransacked himself in fear. So that basically wrapped up a playoff spot for the Mariners. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. Hopefully you get games postponed versus the Yankees, or maybe you, you pull out one out of your ass. Then, yeah, you have to have to beat, have to beat Cleveland. So. I think I'll have to look back here. It, you know, we still have a long ways to go for you know, the for October, but I believe apart from the central division, I'm gonna nail six of the seven AL teams. Um you're trying to lose it here, but they should have got them down to five. Yep. They 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 made a run. You know you know what's a a great way to get well though if you're the Yankees? Play the twins. That's what they're doing. So uh is are the Nets choking away the NL East or the Braves just playing really good right now. Like, I, I feel like it's maybe a combination of two. The Braves are really good, but the Mets, I mean, that lead is down to one. The Mets had this division almost, I mean, it was a sizable lead there early on. What What's going on here with, with this division? Are the Braves going to actually win the East? Braves are just really good. Mets are on pace to win 102 games, so they're not choking at all. I, meant, I just Braves, meant the division the lead. On a, on a, I mean, no division has two teams this good. Okay. Braves, Braves and Mets, they're both, they both may win 100 games, which doesn't happen very much. So, what, I mean, whatever it's, it's, the Braves are on an unbelievable pace. Unbelievable pace. Mm-hmm. The, this is the first time since, like, 86, the Mets have been 35 games over. And, yeah, the Mets have, what, the third-best record in baseball behind Houston and the Dodgers. And here here comes Atlanta. So, I mean, I, 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 I like both of those teams. I hope they play each other in the playoffs. I think that, you know, winner of that series, I think, probably goes to the World Series. Their starting pitching staff, the Braves, that is, is just filthy. I mean, Max Freed is out, is good. I, Charlie Morton, he was Good for Houston, but I'm going to give, if I were to just say right now who I think is the NL Cy Young, lock and change, like there was a point that Alcantara from Miami would be in yep. consideration. I Or uh, it was that other guy. What, what, who did we just mention? The other place for the Dodgers, Tony Goslin, uh, Gonsolin. I'm going to give it to Spencer Strider right now. The stash works. I mean, he's striking out guys left and right. This guy is for real. He's so good. He is my Cy Young winner for next year already. Okay. Mark it down. He is who I am picking next year. Okay. And uh, NL Cy Young will be an interesting race. Because there's a few guys 
in the mix. You know, Sandy Alcantara had a he's had a couple of bad starts. Mm-hmm. He's had a good year. Carlos Rodon for the Giants is right there too. So yeah, Max Fried's had a good year. So yeah, not not a dominant year from a Max Scherzer or Degrom or a Dodgers pitcher or like Corbin Burns. You want to put the last a couple of years over Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So that is yeah, that is definitely up for grabs. The National League Cy Young. If I'm going, yeah. if I'm going right now, one for I think Justin Verlander probably wins the AL Cy Young. But if I had to just even provide another guy, uh, who who is I going with here? I thought there was someone from the um, from the Rays. Maybe he's on the DL. Is it there like a McCallahan or something like that? Shane McCallahan's very good. I think yeah, he's McCallahan, on. He's, he's would be up there. Yeah, I think the injured list. I guess I'm going to give it to Verlander right now. I mean, what he's doing coming back from Tommy John is is filthy. And he's also on the injured list now, so a little bit of rust for him. And uh, Dylan Cease for Chicago, amazing yes. strikeout numbers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ver- Verlander's got a very low ERA, 1.84. So he's probably going to win it yep. uh, here. We've got about a month to go, and I'm always interested, like, you know, that 200-inning mark. Alcantara's got, like, four complete games. So he'll get it. Uh, Miles Michaelis and 176 innings. He's the only other guy who could conceivably get that, I would say. So there's a chance we only have one or two 200-inning guys this year. And then I think Aaron, I've come around to Aaron Judge winning the Cy Young. He's going to, or the uh, MVP over Otani. Judge is going to win it. Because he's going to hit 63 home runs. So. Does, I, and I, I get that. I, unbelievable. I get that, but let me just, I, I saw this stat, was it last week, that uh, how many times have there been 30 home run seasons? And it's like, it was in the thousands. Uh, how many times have there been ten win, um, uh, ten win, uh, ten win seasons by a pitcher, and it was in the thousands or the, the high hundreds? How many times has it happened in the same season? Once, and that's by Shohei Otani. Like he has made history this year, winning ten plus games and hit thirty plus home runs. I get that Judge is great, and he's putting up monster home run numbers. He's also doing it in a very uh, hitter-friendly ballpark. And I don't want to take that necessarily away from him, but I look at the fact that, yes, we know what he's doing. This What Shohei Otani is doing is absolutely historic. I get that the Angels are 24 games under 500, but I I feel like if you... I, I just feel like you almost have to give it to Otani just by what he's doing because it's something we've never, ever seen before. And Judge has the benefit of playing 81 games in a hitter-friendly park. The Yankees are sliding back a little bit right now, too. And I think we are both in agreement that uh, Baltimore's manager should win the AL uh, Manager of the Year. But Baltimore's going to finish in fourth place more than likely in the AL East and miss out on the playoffs. So do you have to give it to someone who made the playoffs, like a Dusty Baker or maybe a Terry Francona? No. I, I... I would say no, but I just I want to give Shohei Otani the the respect that he deserves for putting up putting this historic season together. 
he's not he's not quite as good of a hitter as he was last year, but he's a little bit better of a pitcher than he was last year. Mm-hmm. So it kind of out, and even with War, if you look at War, Judge is even ahead of Otani in War this year. So that's why I am okay with giving it to Judge here this year. Okay. Um, he has 28 home runs at home and 26 on the road. So there's there's not a huge difference road and home, which may be surprising. They're basically surprising. identical numbers for Judge. Okay. Road and home. Judge has 54 home runs. That Do you know who is second in the American League? Who is second? Um... More specifically, how many home runs they've hit. Shohei Otani with 32. That is correct. Oh, he my gosh. 20. Yeah. Boom. Jordan Alvarez of Houston is at 31. Trout and Anthony Rizzo of the Yankees have 30. Aaron Judge has 22 home runs more than anybody else in his league, which is... He is putting together... An unbelievable year when you look at who finishes second in all these categories. Mm-hmm. I, but just the fact that Otani is second, I think, doesn't that help give yeah. him more consideration for MVP? Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, if he continues to put these years together, like he's going to win a boatload of these, and I would be okay if he won it this year, but Judge, I think Judge is going to win it. He's 11 RBIs ahead of Jose Ramirez. Other than that, he is 30, home, uh, 30 RBIs ahead of third place. Mm-hmm. They're just going to have a, you know, he's going to hit 60 some home runs, going to drive in 135 runs. It's going to be an unbelievable year for, year for him. Mm-hmm. Probably set the American League record for homers, hitting 300. So, yeah, he, he, uh, he picked right, not signing an extension. He's going to get paid. A lot of money. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And more than likely, the Yankees will be that team that gives out the contract. But you know what? We've seen the Mariners dish out a ton of money. The Padres. I mean, who who's to say the Padres won't try and, and do something oh. crazy to lure him? I doubt it, but, you, I mean, there will be teams out there that can do it. So that's what's going on in baseball right now. I do want to mention that Donovan Mitchell, Spider, got traded from the Jazz to the Cleveland Cavaliers Last week, uh, four first-round draft picks, Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton, Oche Abaji from uh, National Champion Kansas, and two uh, pick swaps uh, were part of this deal. And I saw some people in, you know, like in the Minnesota media market saying, oh, you know, why was it so bad that the, tw- the Timberwolves gave up five first-round picks, inclu- including Walker Kessler, for Rudy Gobert, but and everyone was trashing them, but everyone's praising the Cavs for what they gave up for Donovan Mitchell. And I think it's pretty easy that Donovan Mitchell is a better player than Rudy Gobert. But And also, look what the Jazz got back. Colin Sexton is a pretty good guard. He's young, so I think that's good. Laurie Markkinen, he has some potential, no doubt, a kind of a bigger guy. I, I mean... Danny Ainge is doing exactly what he did with the Boston Celtics all those years with getting stockpiling the draft picks, and that's how he got like Jason Tatum and J- uh, Jason Brown and all those guys. It didn't translate or hasn't translated yet into 
a championship, but it, it's you're you're just following the same blueprint. So I think in this case, while it is a pretty steep price for the Cavs, I understand why some people are praising it more than they were with what the Timberwolves did for an older Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Utah just kind of decided, you know, we've gone as far as we can go. We've peaked. We're going to trade our two all-stars away. So, yeah, I mean, I like Cleveland, what they're doing. You know, when LeBron comes back in a couple of years, old, they'll, be, they'll be nice. And so, good for Cleveland to, to go. I mean, they were only what they were like the eight or nine. That they were the nine seed last year, only a couple games out of the six seed. So, mm-hmm. and they were they were in that discussion before injuries kind of derailed their season. So, I mean, they're they're you know, they'll be in the mix. Well, maybe a top five seed, maybe that five seed. Um, and like the Timberwolves thing, because we were kind of off in the summer, and mm-hmm. people weren't real excited about Rudy Gobert and how much they gave up. For him, it's going to help their defense. I mean, I mean, yeah, help the defense. That was a big improvement last year, so that continues uh, to go well. You would think uh, Timberwolves usually don't draft worth a shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got Towns, they've got Anthony Edwards. Those two have worked out. Other than that, there's not a whole lot of great draft history with the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. These draft picks that you hope are pretty high in the draft because they're going to do well. And I will never fault a team for for trying to win, try to go for it. Mm-hmm. You're the Timberwolves. You don't. You, you rarely make the playoffs. You feel like you can maybe make a run here in the playoffs these next couple of years with the guys you had. You should have beat Memphis last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like the West was maybe there's, there's a spot there for you somewhere. Uh, so go for it. You, you add Rudy Gobert, sure, yeah, you know, defense, rebound, and all that stuff. I'm fine with them giving it up. You know, if their their peak is probably winning a playoff series and getting to the second round, maybe once or twice. If that's it, if they do more than that, then I think they win win that trade. But I'm fine with them going for going for it and and trying to improve and, and trying to get something done. We can look at this later on as the season gets closer. I mean, clearly the Grizzlies are one of the best in there. The Warriors, the Clippers should be vastly improved this year with the additions like of John Wall and a healthy Kawhi Leonard and whatnot. Dallas is consistently in there. Oklahoma City's got a lot of potential. Denver's going to be good. But Minnesota's right up there. I don't, like, I feel like they can, they certainly gave Memphis all they could handle in that series. I feel like Minnesota has a chance to make it not just out of the first round, but they could make a a Western Conference final here if thing if the right matchups kind of work in their favor. It's the West is not nearly as difficult as it has been in previous years. Uh, the East is kind of getting to that point now where you have a lot of good teams. Where are the great ones? Tough to say, but the West has gotten I would say easier than what we've seen in previous years. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how that has changed here the last couple of years. I'm done with Phoenix because Phoenix is just kind of like the embodiment of Chris Paul's career where he's gotten close. Mm-hmm. So many times with Houston and he's right there in the conference finals and, you know, he's nearing 40 years old. So Phoenix had their shot and Golden State might be good enough to win one more in this run. Mm-hmm. 
think. But you know, like, yeah, you look at everybody else, and like, all right, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Memphis? Is it going to be Minnesota? Who, who's going to be that next team in the West? Nobody really is going to be Dallas. You know, there's there's plenty of opportunities for for a couple of teams to be that next that next dominant team. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, anything else we need to get to before we get to the NFL? No, busy time of the year. Everything's going on. We're back at it. So, mm-hmm. so let's, let's begin with our NFL preview here. Well, let's just start. In, you know what? We're going to start in the NFC because that's the least interesting of the two conferences. Because oh, we've never seen a division like what we're going to see with the AFC West. So I want to spend a little more time on that. Well, let's go alphabetical order here. Uh, we'll go with the NFC East first. And I just, I look at what Dallas has lost with Amari Cooper leaving, uh, Michael Gallup hurt. They lost some other wide receivers. Ezekiel Elliott's getting older. Where are the offensive weapons for Dak Prescott this year? I like You, get, you, you have CeeDee Lamb, that's great. That defense is going to be good. But Dallas, I'm just a little hesitant on them. I ain't, I'm not going to pick Washington to do shit this year. I I like I think Washington has a chance to be better because I like Terry McLaurin. I like, you know, if Curtis Samuel can stay healthy, he's good. Uh, Antonio Gibson at running back. Brian Robinson Jr. at running back. Chase Young at defensive end. Washington's got good players. You know who else they have? Carson Wentz. He sucks. Washington as a franchise sucks with everything going on. I don't wish well on Washington at all. I have Washington finishing 4-13. and 13. Will they be better than that? Yes, more than likely. The one team I, I think I have a little bit better than what I should. I have the Giants at 7-10. and 10, More than likely 6-11. and 11. Uh, we'll see what Daniel Jones can do. I'm just, I don't trust the Giants. The team this year, though, that I'm kind of all in on, the Eagles. You get A.J. Brown, you pair him with Devontae Smith, they ship Jalen Rager out of town, got Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts is fantastic. I just like what the Eagles have offensively this year. I think defensively they'll be okay. I have the Eagles winning the NFC East at 12-5. and five. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to the Eagles and the Cowboys. And, you know, with the Cowboys' injuries, with the, the tackle that hurts. People like the Eagles. You know, you, you've got Jalen Hurts, so that, we'll see if he, he takes the next, next step. But Giants with their quarterback, they should have moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, what are you going to find? Is all of a sudden Bill Jones going to turn around? Nope. <laughs> And uh, Washington with Wentz. Carson Wentz is one of those guys where his numbers don't look terrible, but when you really break it down, they are really bad. And you take a deep dive into some of the things he does. So, yeah, they're, they're non-competitive. So, I guess, yeah, Eagles Eagles to win this division. And, and, and Dallas just kind of be that 502 that they always are. I do have the, the, the Cowboys finishing 10-7. and seven. I, I, I mean, they they just have some difficult games in there. Um, I, I they'll be okay. I just I I just don't. I I'm I'm very nervous about the Cowboys' offense. It's pretty much all there is to it. On the NFC North, this we'll spend a little bit more time here. Love the Vikings. They're our team, even though we don't really want them to be some of the time. But this is a dawn of a new era. 
Kevin O'Connell is there. It's a new offensive approach. The defense, they're going to do 3-4 with some 4-3 base. I think We don't really know what to expect from this team. Don't look at the preseason because they didn't play anyone. Anyone of note, anyway. Justin Jefferson is going to just explode even more than what he has. I'm just praying that he stays healthy because I think he can have a Cooper Cup-esque type year in Kevin O'Connell's system. You're going to see him run more reverses, jet sweeps. Uh, uh, he's going to throw a few passes, I believe. Uh, Adam Thielen, good. You got K.J. Osborne. Tight end, can Irv Smith stay healthy? That's the the key. That the trio or quadruple... I, the, the quad that they have in the backfield is insane with Nwangu, who's one of the best kick returners in the NFL. you got Dalvin Cook, insurance policy with Alexander Madison. I'm a little surprised they didn't trade him. I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, Ty Chandler, the rookie. Like This offense is absolutely loaded. So how are you going to stop them? Well, the Green Bay Packers have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And they're going to need that. I'm curious to see what the Packers can do without all their wide receivers. Uh, I think they're going to be far more reliant on the ground game with the big quad, uh, uh, A.J. Dillon. They're going to throw more passes to Aaron Jones. So kind of split combo there in the backfield. I think the Packers are going to be really good. I'm not going to distrust Aaron Rodgers at all. But I'm also curious to see what the Vikings defense will do. I think just overall... It's situational football, and Terrence Newman mentioned it on a podcast last year or last week that everyone was so fearful around Mike Zimmer of like getting yelled at. It was just a toxic environment. The devil is gone, essentially. I think is what one unnamed Viking or executive said of of Mike Zimmer. He's out of the building. It's a breath of fresh air. I think this all comes down to probably New Year's Day between the Vikings and the Packers. I think the Packers ultimately win this division. The Bears stink at 3-14. And, and the Lions, I have them with 7 or 8 wins. I have them at 8 wins. 7-10 I think is good, but 8-9. and nine. Watch out for this Lions team. Amon Ross St. Brown had 5. like He was top 4 wide receivers last year in terms of catches and targets the last month of the season. Lions have something going here. I'm kind of believing in the Dan Campbell hype a little bit. Uh, not ready to quite compete for a playoff spot. It's going to be uh, between Green Bay and Minnesota for that. I usually don't watch Hard Knocks, but I watched it this year. And I think it wasn't great or anything, but yeah, the Lions should be all right. Felt good to see them a little bit. Yeah, Packers to win this division. I don't know what the Vikings are. They won't shit. Um... Mean old Zimmer's out of there, so I guess folks do not get their assholes in a bunch now. Defense has got to be better just by just being better, for Christ's sake. I mean, mm-hmm. it was awful last year. I don't... Like, the offense, I don't know how much better it can get. Like, I don't know. Ten, ten, ten wins, ten wins, I guess. If they don't make the playoffs, it's... Embarrassment. I think it's going to be more like the situational football or the calls and whatnot. We're not going to see these ridiculous runs on second and ten. I think we're going to see some more creativity. I I, I just think the offense is going to be better. Offensive line is still a question mark, but Christian Derrissaw is really good. Brian O'Neill, fantastic. Uh, Derrissaw is going to take that next step forward. It's going to come down, I think, to the center. The interior line. Uh, I mean, Garrett Bradbury, it, get out of here. Um, that, that's what it's going to come down to. 
I'd love to pick the Vikings to win this division. I just can't. I I think the Packers are going to prove that they still have a little bit uh, left in them. Aaron Rodgers, maybe this is his last hurrah. Who knows? Ever since one sing Kumbaya, I have the Packers winning this division at 12 and 5, the Vikings at 11 and 6. Packers are a one point favorite, son. I don't get that. I really don't. Like they should win that game. The Vikings um, or the Packers? Yeah, it's like I, you know, I get it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Packer, I, I, I want to see what random wide receiver Aaron Rodgers turns into an all-pro. Somebody's got to catch some passes. So. Just listen to the name Romeo Dobbs. He's a guy that they're awfully high on. Fourth-round rookie, I believe. He could he could be that guy. Sammy Watkins is going to get injured at some point this year. He never stays healthy. So, yeah. well. I, don't, I don't see that happening. In the NFC South... There's a lot of talk, a lot of buzz generating around the Buccaneers, maybe not. And I get the concerns with the Bucs. Their, their offensive line has lost three starters. Ryan Jensen, the center, is out for maybe all season due to injury. That's going to affect 45-year-old Tom Brady. He doesn't have Gronk this year. Uh, Chris Godwin is, is getting back from that torn ACL last year. Who knows if he'll play this week or how effective he'll be the beginning part of the season. Their defense is still really good. I You still have Tom Brady. And I know the Saints have a great defense. And they have a lot of good young wide receivers. We have Chris Olave. They still have Michael Thomas. Uh, Alvin Kamara. We'll see if he gets suspended or not. The Saints, they're going to reside with their defense. But they still have Jameis Winston, who's going to have a few mistakes. I can't pick the Saints to win this division I gave the Bucks 12 wins. I'm a little hesitant about that. I, I, I don't like it. I think a team to watch out for is Carolina. If we get a decent Baker Mayfield, I mean, he's got some good weapons there. If they can, if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, they get J.C. Horn, that good cornerback. The Panthers have some things going for them, but they got to stay healthy. And Baker Mayfield's got to play well. That Carolina-Cleveland game this week, I think, is is like a top three game this week just for the storyline of Baker going against the Browns. Um, so I'm all for uh, Carolina at Cleveland or uh, Cleveland at Carolina this week. I think the Atlanta Falcons are just going to be dreadful. They're a top three, top five pick in the draft next year. I have Arizona. Or I have Atlanta with two wins. I, know I thought about three. I'm not going that high. Two and 15, three and 14, I think is their, is their ceiling this year. Going two and 15, Panthers six and 11. Saints, uh, what do we got here? Saints ten and seven. Give the Bucks the division at twelve and five. See if Jameis Winston can stay healthy because they were pretty good when he was healthy last year. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay should win this division. Yeah, they should. I mean, they Super Bowl or bust for them. So they added some folks, but Julio Jones and they added Julio Jones. Then they added. Yes, yeah, and Russell Gage, uh, former Falcon wide receiver. Well, they can resurrect his career with Brady. He's my quarterback on my fantasy team, so he better do well. Mm-hmm. So, he stayed healthy pretty much his entire career. So, Tampa, I mean, yeah, this, I mean, the NFC is wide open, wide open. Mm-hmm. So, may as well be Tampa Bay. Yep, absolutely. 
let's see. Then in the West, last year, I think everyone kind of dubbed the NFC West to be the best division in football, and understandably so. Yeah, great quarterbacks everywhere. Matthew Stafford went to the Rams. Ultimately, I mean, they won the Super Bowl. They are the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, San Francisco makes the switch to Trey Lance, but they do keep Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll see if that does anything to Lance's psyche, to his confidence. But you got... If San Francisco doesn't watch out, Garoppolo may lead him to another Super Bowl again. So they better be careful Mm -hmm. because they've got that backup quarterback who's better than probably 15 starters out there. uh, And just fucking, if Lance gets hurt, they're like, whoops, we may have to rely on Garoppolo to, you know, be good enough to get us back to the Calpers title games. They're, They're in a good spot. Yeah. I like George Kittle. I like the stable running backs that they have. Debo Samuels, that Swiss Army knife. The defense is going to be good this year. I I know what Kyle Shanahan can do. They got to the NFC Championship game last year. I'm all in on San Francisco this year to to be that dominant force uh, in the West here. I, I'm hesitant with the Rams. I, I know they have great players on defense and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and they added Bobby Wagner, so that's significant. But it all comes down to the health of uh, uh, Matthew Stafford's elbow, and I don't know if it, if it will survive this year. I, I really don't. Um, you know, you lose Robert Woods, you pick up Allen Robinson, I guess that's a, a net plus for them. But Odell Beckham, we'll see if he re-signs with them, or, I mean, he hasn't re-signed with anyone yet. Van Jefferson's okay. I... The Rams will be good, but I I just am I'm hesitant with them because of Stafford's elbow. They say it's fine right now. They'll manage it throughout the season. We'll see. I don't know why everyone's on Arizona this year or thinking that they're going to be so good. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended the first six games. Oh, you got Hollywood Brown? Sweet. Uh, they faded down the stretch in recent years. James Conner was a touchdown machine last year. But they lose Chandler Jones on defense. They have some young defensive players. I just, I, I can't go in with Arizona this year. And Seattle stinks. Seattle's just going to be awful. 4-13 uh, and 13 for the Seahawks. I have the Cardinals at 7-10. and 10. Will they be better? Probably. Uh, Rams at 11-6. and 6, And I have the 49ers winning this division at 12-5. and 5. Not how I initially anticipated it, but I think the 49ers win. I picked San Francisco last year to the Super Bowl. But got them winning this division at the Rams as a wild card. Uh, I don't know what Arizona is going to do if they get off to a terrible start. They're going to fire their coach. Arizona starts at Cincinnati. Or no, that's that's preseason, right? Yeah, yeah. they start yeah. against the Chiefs. Yes, the Raiders. Back to either way, then they play the Rams. That's zero and three right there. Uh, I mean, that, you know, maybe one and two, but. Uh, I mean, I mean, you're looking at 0-3, then what happens? A new contract with Kyler Murray and that big old mess in the offseason. Mm-hmm. 7-0 last season, didn't make playoffs, ran over by the Rams. So, and, and Seattle, I guess they're just going to start over. So, yeah. I, I mean, Arizona is the, the most interesting team. I love that the Rams don't use first-round picks. Mm-hmm. The last one was Jared Goff in 2017. They don't have one next year either, and it ended up working out. So mm-hmm. I like that because there's so much emphasis put on draft picks, and they said, I don't give a goddamn about my draft picks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trade for Von Miller and 
Stafford. I'm going to trade for all Beckham. I'm going to trade for all these guys we know are good. Mm-hmm. So I like that. It's a different strategy. Both things can work. I like that. I like that it did work. But yeah, they are. I would say not not a strong Super Bowl repeat champ. You know, usually you got most people saying, "Well, they're going to repeat as champion," and it never happens. It's very rare to get back to back champions. But yeah, really, really nobody's picking the Rams even to, even to get back there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I think that's a, a good point regarding the Cardinals' schedule here, and one of the reasons why I have them at seven and ten. I mean, you start out with they have to play the AFC West this year. That's incredibly difficult going against Kansas City and Vegas. And some of the my reasoning with how I picked some of these schedules or like the records of some of these teams here is how big of a home field advantage do you have? The Chargers don't really have a home field advantage. For that matter, the Rams don't. The Cardinals certainly don't. Half their stadium is filled with uh, fans from the other team. Uh, so I look at some of that in, in factoring like who they're playing, and I, Kansas City's going to run over them with, like, with the fans. It's going to be all red. So you're like, oh, Cardinals have a lot of fans. No, it's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans there. Uh, the Rams, the 49ers, they'll all travel. The Chargers might even travel. I think that's just a difficult home schedule that they have. Kansas City, uh, of course, the three division teams, Philadelphia, the Saints, the Chargers, the Patriots, and Tampa Bay. Like, that's tough. I just, Arizona, to me, that schedule uh, with DeAndre Hopkins out, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't see them, I can't see them doing it. So, who are your playoff teams in the NFC? I think Tampa Bay is your one seed. Okay. Packers are the two. Okay. San Francisco the three. And the Eagles at the four. Okay. I'll give the Rams the five seed. I hate myself, so I'll give the Vikings the six. <laughs> I'll give the Saints the seven seed. You know what, Crins? We have the same seven teams in the playoffs. I don't have... I I have all four division winners at 12 and 5, so I don't know how this is all going to break out. Um, it is a bit of a struggle to come up with seven teams. Yeah. I mean, but I... There are seven, like the Eagles were not a playoff team last year. There are not seven good... Like, even the Vikings, I'm like, yeah. There's like... Five teams, maybe. Well, the Eagles like, did. The Eagles Dallas, did make the playoffs. Dallas, they lost to Tampa Bay in the in the playoffs last year, but they were they didn't beat any good teams in the regular season. Like the only other team I can see beating there is Dallas. Mm-hmm. I can see them with the Saints or the Vikings not making it. Like Washington or the Giants, I would be stunned. Yep. Seahawks. The Bears, the Bears sometimes surprise the. Uh, yeah, Seattle's going to be atrocious with those quarterbacks. Atlanta's going to be awful. Atlanta. Yeah, like, and then there was like, like that second group of teams, like, you know, maybe Carolina or Detroit, teams that are probably not even 500 teams, but if things go right, maybe, you know, Carolina or... Or in Arizona. You know, yeah, in, in Arizona, so... Yeah, I would say Arizona and Dallas are the two likely teams that could make it. That I don't have. I meant to do this earlier. I'm trying to see what are the what's the tiebreaker for um, for the one seed. How much your quarterback gets paid? 
<laughs> uh, let's see here. The conference record then, if it's not head to head. Yeah, I'm, I think Tampa Bay and Green Bay play each other. I think that will be. I assume right. it's conference record. So yeah, okay. week week three, Green Bay is at Tampa. Yep. So if it, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's conference record or division. I'm looking here. Green Bay. Uh, where? For the Rams, they also play uh, the Eagles in Dallas. So hopefully, there's no tiebreakers. I have the Packers with three conference losses at 12 and five. I have the uh, where's my? I have the 49ers with uh, one. To I have them with two conference losses. So San Francisco, I guess, would be my one. Philadelphia, I have them with one, two, three, four conference losses. So that that takes them out. And then uh, and then Tampa Bay, I have them with one, two, three, four conference losses as well. So uh, by that virtue, I will go with San Francisco as the one. Um. I will go with Green Bay. I'm going with San Francisco as the one, just with the the road uh, stuff. I'm going to give Green Bay two by virtue of that. And then uh, Tampa and Philly, they don't play each other this year. So I think then does it go down to divisional losses? And I have Philly with one divisional loss. I have the the Bucks with two. So I'm going to give Philly the three. I'm going to give... Uh, Tampa Bay, the four, the five seed. Does that come down to whatever? I mean, I'll give. Where are we at here with the Rams at eleven six? Honey, one, two, three, four, four losses in conference. I have the Vikings with uh, one, two, three losses in conference. So I'll give the Vikings the five seed. At 11-6, I'll give... Oh, what, what, what a pleasure it'll be to play fucking Tom Brady in the playoffs. We haven't had that. <laughs> and yeah, I'll give yeah. the Saints the seven seed. So, same teams, only slightly different. Um, hmm. I have Tampa Bay beating San Francisco for the whole uh, up here. God, I hate this, because... I mean, you know, Green Bay's not going to do a guy. I mean, it's, what, what a pleasure it is every every year just to sit on back on a cold January night just watch the Packers defecate all over themselves against. Now, you're going to talk about, you know, underachievers. So. I'm going to go with, so if I have 4-5, i got Tampa Bay. God dang it, I don't know if I trust that. Shit, I'm gonna hate myself for this. I got uh, I got San Francisco over Philly in the um, in the NFC Championship game, and you have Tampa Bay over San Francisco. Yep. Okay. I probably should do Green Bay here. I no no. We're gonna go. No, back. no, no. I don't. No, I don't. Green Bay, no. Honest, honestly, the Vikings have a good chance to make it to the conference championship game. They have that score. No, never in our guy unless they're the one seed. They have never in our lives won two playoff games. Right. In a row. Yep. So I can't. I don't like. I don't like Philly. I think everyone's kind of coming on to Philly, but 
I'll do San Francisco over here. I don't like this. I don't like anybody in the NFC. I just never I don't. Never. Nope. It's bad. It, it's just bad. You know what? Maybe, you know, we'll see what happens with this stupid-ass Vikings team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was a couple years there where they've had some great offenses. And we will see. Maybe this offense just goes to another level. We will see. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe this will be another year. Where we look back and oh, you know, they win 14, 15 wins. They get to the conference title game and lose against somebody. They could pick, but maybe I mean they could very easily be zero and two to start this thing off. They, they could. They have to beat Green Bay. The, the Vikings do. They have to beat them week one. I don't see them beating Philly week two. I, I don't. Um. Maybe three and three going into the bye. So I you know. I wouldn't be stunned if they don't make the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they just fucking light it up. Maybe Zimmer was holding this offense back. Maybe Kirk Cousins has another level. I highly doubt that. Mm-hmm. He wins at this point in his eighth season or whatever the hell he is at. Ninth year. You know, Justin Jefferson's getting a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. We, we will see. We will see what happens uh, with, with this team. Yep. Absolutely, and I the last I just I don't feel good with my records for a lot of these things. I think I'm gonna at the end of the year. I think I'm gonna be minus two, minus three, plus two, plus three with well over half the league. That's that's my gut feeling here. I'm gonna be off on a lot of these teams, or even four or five off. But we'll get to that point in January. On the AFC side, let's start in the East. This is I think is a slam dunk division winner as we've had ever. It's Buffalo. It's they're just. Heads and tails better than everybody out there. Josh Allen's going to take it to another level. I love Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs. You got Dawson Knox at tight end. Uh, I think James Cook is going to be that guy in the backfield that that uh, uh, emerges and provides Buffalo with a good run game. That defense is as solid as anybody. They have Von Miller this year. And unfortunately, everyone is picking Buffalo to advance really far into the playoffs and we know what's happened. They've lost to the Chiefs in years past. I think Buffalo runs away with the East, though. I think they have the best record in the NFL when it's all said and done. I have the Bills at 14-3. and three. I have them losing to the Rams Thursday night here. I think they're that's realistically a win they, that they should have. They're going to have a ton of fans in that stadium. Buffalo, The Bills Mafia travels really well. So I have the Bills at 14-3. and three. They could even be as good as 15-2. and two. The Dolphins... I'm very intrigued by what Tyreek Hill can do. I think this opens up a lot of stuff for Jalen Waddle. Could Tua take advantage of it? I like what Mike McDaniel does the or is doing there. The offensive coordinator, defensive pieces are there. I I just a little hesitant with picking Miami to go a long ways, but I have them at ten and seven. I have the Patriots at six wins. The, these you never want to take what goes on in preseason as a sign of things to come in the regular season. Uh, kind of taken with a grain of salt, but the Patriots' offense is bad. It's really bad. The defense getting a little older. They can't draft well. I have the Patriots at six and eleven, and I have the Jets at four and thirteen. They maybe could win a game or two more. Maybe the Patriots could win a game or more too. But I, I just I'm down on the Patriots this year. So give me the Bills to run away with this division and the Dolphins to finish second, comfortably ahead of the Patriots and Jets. Bills seem to be the popular pick to win the entire thing. They, um, 
was their record last year, do you think, in one-score games? The Bills? The Bills. They played six of them. Two and four. One and five. Ah. They won every game by at least double digits. Their closest game was at New England. They won by 12. That was the closest win all year. They basically won every game by at least two or three touchdowns. And that, and that, that, that Kansas City playoff game was an all-time great mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got them winning this division. Unlike the NFC, there are like a dozen teams in the NFC I could see making the playoffs. I could see the Dolphins and the Patriots both making the playoffs. I think the, the Dolphins, I think, are maybe the team I'm most interested in because of the coach, mm-hmm. because of the kill. Um, never going to count out the Patriots. I guess I don't have either of those teams in the playoffs, but I I could see them both in. I'm just going to go with Buffalo. Buffalo's kind of got a, a, a tricky start to the year, but after that, their final 10 games seem pretty, pretty manageable. Mm-hmm. They could be like three and three going into their bye week. Bye week, they're at Baltimore, mm-hmm. they're at City, they're at Miami, they're at the Rams. So you know, they can lose a couple of those games and they come out of the bye against the Packers. Other than that, I don't. I mean, their final ten games after the bye, they shouldn't lose more than two of those. So I yeah, probably two thirteen games. Uh, the North. A lot of people are high on Baltimore. I get that. Uh, they were riddled with injuries last year. It was just it decimated their team. Uh, and, May I say, uh, yeah. I, I guess Buffalo's got two NBC games. Yes. I think they have maybe one. They play on, on Thursday night three times this year. Or on Thursdays, three times this year. Opening night at L.A., Thanksgiving against Detroit at New England. Boo. Boo to that. Yeah. Well, good thing it's on Amazon Prime, so no one will watch. I listen. Lamar Jackson playing great, but we don't know what his con. Is he going to play if he doesn't have a contract? You know, week oh, yeah. one, one would think. But what if he gets injured? What I mean, and I don't know what they have for wide receiver. Mark Andrews is an All Pro tight end, top two in the league, maybe even the best tight end ahead of Travis Kelsey. Outside of Rashad Bateman, I can't name another Raven wide receiver. I can't. Uh, let me look at their depth chart here. Just as Devin Duvernay. Duvernay. Oh, Duvernay. Devin. Yeah, Devin Duvernay. I remember him from Texas. Um, James Prochet? Nope. Demarcus Robinson, Tylen Wallace. I don't know who those people are. Nope, I don't either. Yeah, so that's not very good. So they're going to run it a lot. They're going to play good defense. They have the best kicker in the league in Justin Tucker. But if you can stop that run game, who's going to beat you through the air? It's it's Mark Andrews and, and Rashad Bates. I just I can't see it. I have the Ravens at 9 and 8. Could they be better? Absolutely. I, I just I can't go that far. The Steelers, I'm going to put a little faith in, in Mike Tomlin here, even though he's, he's hamstrung with uh, Frank Trubisky. They have a good run, running game. They have decent wide receivers, a good defense. But Pittsburgh, no losing season. I have them at nine and eight as well, right? Yes. The Browns, 
you're without Deshaun Watson for 11 games. Everyone hates you. No one wants you to win. You're going to win eight games, but you're missing the playoffs. You make a late charge. It's not going to matter. Browns at eight and nine. And that, by default, leaves me with the Cincinnati Bengals finishing 11 and six. That offense is going to be good. Offensive line has been retooled. Defense will be a little better. Jamar Chase is going to have great. They have the best trio of wide receivers, I would say, in the league with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and, and number one, of course, Jamar Chase. Uh, improved, I don't know. I think an improvement at tight end with uh, with Hayden Hurst, I believe, is is there. Let me check uh, my tight end here for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, Hayden Hurst is there, so I think that's a um, I think that's a plus for them. I give me the Bengals to win this division at 11 and 6. The Ravens, they finished last last year at 8 and 9. I think they're going to win the division. Seems like that team that loses the Super Bowl always struggles. Yes. Yep. I think Bengals have a tough end of the year. They play Buffalo, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay in December. Yep. And Baltimore, so... They get to be tough with the Bengals. I'll give them a playoff spot because I like them. But, uh, yeah, give me Baltimore to win this division. Okay. Uh, Steelers. I understand going with stupid-ass half-full at quarterback uh, because when he ultimately struggles, then he can bring in Kenny Pickett instead of having the young guy struggle and then go to the shitty guy. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Hopefully Kenny Pickett does well. Uh, Frank is a terrible, terrible quarterback. The South- but then again, yep. Ben Roethlisberger was pretty awful last year, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the bar is pretty low. Yes, it is. AFC South, I I almost feel like this is the Colts' division by default because they add Matt Ryan, who's better than Carson Wentz. That defense is really good. I'm a little concerned with Shaquille Leonard. He's no, he's no longer going by Darius. He's going by Shaquille. He's got a back injury. I wonder what the hell is that? What is that about? I don't know. I don't know why he went to Shaq. I, I really don't. Um, but that's that what he, is What's that? The hell's his real name? That, I think Darius Shaquille Leonard. Yeah. I go by my middle name now. So I. Uh, what, what what stupid what stupid shit? <laughs> well, that's what he wants to be called. I'm concerned about the back, but ultimately this Colts defense is really good. Matt Ryan's going to make fewer mistakes than Carson Wentz. Do they have wide receivers outside of Michael Pittman? No, but do they have the best running back in the league in Jonathan Taylor? Yes. The Titans have arguably the uh, top two, maybe the best running back in the league in, in Derrick Henry. They have an outstanding defense, but they have Robert Woods and Trayvon Burks. I, I don't trust Burks, the rookie wide receiver, because I don't trust Ryan Tannehill this year. If he said he was in such a dark place after that Bengals loss last year, it, that's enough for me to say, eh, I, I don't trust the Titans this year. They don't have anything on offense outside of Derrick Henry. Robert Woods is coming off a torn ACL. He'll be good, but he's not going to be that game-breaker. I don't think the Titans sniff the playoffs. I This is one of those teams that I feel very nervous about, uh, that I'm under with them. I have the Texans with four wins, in part because of Davis Mills. I, I, I don't know. I have the Jaguars with three wins. They'll likely have more than three wins. But I look at that wide receiver core. I don't trust Zay Jones. I don't trust Christian Kirk. I think if Travis Etienne stays healthy, they'll be better. I think they'll be better in general under Doug Peterson. I, I'm, I'm 
under with the Jaguars. They should be a little higher. I wouldn't be surprised if they win a few more of these games, like at the Jets, at Detroit. But they have to play the AFC West. That's no fun. They have to play the NFC East. In part, like, I mean, yeah, Dallas, I don't really like that. They have to go to Philly. Washington to begin week one. If you if you win week one against Washington, I'll feel a lot better about the Jaguars. If they don't, it, it's tough. I just don't see it happening. And they have to play Denver in London. So at the Jaguars at 3-14, and 14, Colts win this division by default then at where have the, the Colts at 10 and 7, Titans 7 and 10, Texans 4 and 13. I like Jacksonville to maybe win 6. Yep. Uh, yep, that's why I say I think I'm under with them, but I do I don't know where the wins come. I'm interested in Malik Willis. He looks exciting for the Titans. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets a shot if things don't go their way or Daniel gets hurt. That'd be interesting. Um, Derek Henry, will he have... Is, he, is his career going to... Like, he's 28 years old. Is his career going to have, like, a steep decline? Because last year he was hurt for half the year mm-hmm. at 900 yards. You know, is, is he ever going to have another 1,500-yard season? Or is he going to be a guy we look back at and say, yeah, for two years he was unbelievable. That's about it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, we got Matt Ryan as the Colts continue just to bring in quarterback after quarterback. Matt Ryan might be the best of the bunch that they brought in. Yes. The significant upgrade from Wentz, and he's uh, maybe about the same as Rivers was, maybe. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what Jonathan Taylor does. We'll see. He had a great year last year. So hopefully for my fantasy purposes, he has another 1,800-yard year. That'd be great for me. Mm-hmm. I hate the 17 games mm-hmm. for many reasons, most of which are the records. We've had yep. six-game season for 30, 30 years, Three. 35 years. And it sucks now that we're talking, oh, Justin Jefferson's going to have 2,000 yards. Uh, these running backs are going to do this and that. It's like none of it matters anymore because it's, you know, Another extra game, I'm sure they'll be going to 18 games for you. So, yep. um, that sucks, but I like the Colts. That's about it. Now we get to the best division that there ever has been in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned, oh. the AFC West. And this is just a juggernaut. How do you even go about trying to figure out who does what? You got the every team outside of the Chiefs made significant acquisitions this year, and the Chiefs added by subtraction a little bit, even though they lost Tyreek Hill. Because they add Juju Smith-Schuster. They add Monte, uh, Valdez-Scantling. They add uh, Sky Moore in the draft. Uh, they have some, you know, they add Justin Reed. They lose Tyron Matthew. I think for the Chiefs, the field opens up so much more now because they have good wide receivers who can do things all over the field. Tyreek Hill is just a stretch guy. I mean, yes, you could, you know, do a little, like, drag route and stuff, and then he would put on the burners after that. But I think the offense for the Chiefs is just going to be wide open all over the field. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has been a, a rookie running back from Rutgers who's generated a lot of buzz. I like the Chiefs a lot this year to, offensively. It's going to be different. It's going to be a more dink and dunk, but it's going to be more methodical. It's not the home run. I think the Chiefs will be just fine. Denver, of course, adds Russell Wilson. Immediate boost to the offense. 
don't really have a good tight end because Noah Fant goes to Seattle in the deal. The defense is really good, though. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, I trust that wide receiver core for Denver. They have uh, Javante Williams, the running back from North Carolina in his second year. Melvin Gordon, I, I trust the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett in his first year. I, the Raiders get Devonte Adams. Derek Carr last year, for all the issues that the Raiders had last year with John Gruden and uh, just every, uh, the uh, what Henry Ruggs killed him, uh, that that poor lady, uh, all those distraction stuff, they still made the playoffs. I think Derek Carr can. Uh, I mean, you know who's going to benefit the most out of the Devonte Adams acquisition? Hunter Renfro. He's just going to be open all day. They're catching passes in the slot. I'm a little concerned about the Raiders' defense, but I like Chandler Jones, the addition there. Pair him up with Max Crosby. think they can generate some pass rush. But for me, the Chargers, adding Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson uh, from the, the uh, Patriots, adding those defensive pieces that they did, Justin Herbert has been mentioned as a uh, MVP candidate by many, many within the, the business. It's difficult to pick the Chargers, though, because they always kind of charger-esque things but i will give them the benefit of the doubt i have them in kansas city with identical 12 and 5 records um i have the i don't even feel good about the chargers or the chiefs beating the chargers twice but that's what i do so i guess i have kansas city winning the west but this this is just insanely wide open they're going to beat up on each other but they're also going to beat up on the rest of the league because they're so good they're so much better than all but maybe four teams. Chiefs are good. Hopefully they fix whatever the hell their problem was last year. Mm-hmm. The problems last. Um, Russell Wilson, we'll see. Chargers, again, the Vikings of the AFC. Just disappoint every time. Herbert looks great. Love their coach. Love how they go for it on fourth down and how they're kept me all the time. So I hope they do well, but they just disappoint all the time. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders, I don't give a goddamn shit about. The thing I have interested though is there are two big receivers that have changed teams, and how will that affect those teams and quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. How does Tyreek Hill do in Miami? How does Devontae Adams do with the Raiders? Mm-hmm. There are big additions. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's the best division ever. I've got the Chiefs winning this division, and I have the Chargers reluctantly making the playoffs. And I guess Denver as well, uh, sneaking in. Uh, I don't like picking the Chiefs to win the the division. I think the Chargers are better this year, uh, but I have the Chiefs winning both games against them this year, so I guess I have to give them the division title. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, the Bills as the one seed, Kansas City, I guess, will be my two. Uh, let's see, where's my AFC? I'll give the Bengals the three seed. I'll give the Colts the four seed. Then Grins, I'm gonna do. I'm going crazy here. All wild card spots go to the AFC West. I have, I have the uh, Chargers being the five seed. 
I have the Broncos being the sixth seed and give me the Raiders as the seven. I don't like it. I wanted the Dolphins in there. I and I think they can, but I don't know who you take out of the last team you had in there. The Vegas. I have Vegas as the seventh seed. I have the Dolphins just missing out a game back. And the Ooh, Raiders Vegas, too. Lost Vegas who? Raiders. Yeah. Hey. I'm sorry. Yeah, I missed well, that. Uh, if you're not, if you don't sound like you're taking, uh, passing a kidney stone, then that's. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Who? I got the seven seed. Yeah. Chargers AFC Championship game, but I had I have the Chargers beating the Colts in the in the first round. I don't see Denver. I mean Denver could maybe beat the Bengals, and then Vegas. I don't think they beat Kansas City. I'm gonna go Buffalo over Can. I'm gonna go Buffalo over Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, just like you have. And I'm gonna go with my Super Bowl. So your Super Bowl was uh, Buffalo over Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay over Buffalo. Tampa Bay over Buffalo. Okay, I'm sorry. Tampa Bay over Buffalo. Tom Brady wins, goes off in the sunset. I'm going to go Buffalo against San Francisco in what I believe would be the uh, Chris Berman, the the Boomer boomer Bowl. And I'm going to go Buffalo. I I don't like it because then that leaves another team that's won a Super Bowl instead of the Vikings. Oh, just get them out of the way. Get them out of the way. And everyone's picking Buffalo. But, but that's what I got. I, I'm going to go Buffalo. I'm going to go Buffalo to win. You've got Tampa Bay to win 
against Buffalo. I don't think you can really go wrong. I think the AFC is so loaded this year, but I also think that the AFC playoffs might be a little worse than the NFC playoffs because of all the buildup from these teams during the regular season, how much gas will they have come playoff time? They're going to be beat up. And I hate leaving Miami out. I hate leaving Miami out, but I don't know which team from the West to take out. Probably Vegas, the Raiders, but... The Raiders. Vegas. Yeah. Who's your MVP? Josh Allen seems to be the guy. Don Brady does what he does. He'll be there. Trey Lance, he could be a surprise pick. See how he does. I'm going to go Josh Allen MVP. Okay. Who, who even would Tom Brady? Who won it last year? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won it last year. I will go with Josh Allen. I'm tempted to go Justin Jefferson. I just don't. Again, like I, if there ever was to be a guy that would do that, you'd have to have a quarterback like Cousins, who people kind of shit on, mm-hmm. like I do. Like Cooper, if Cooper Cup didn't win it last year, I don't know how they were ever going. Yeah, I'm almost tempted to go Jalen Hurts, but I'll go Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen does it again. Give me Josh Allen for MVP. So we're very uh, similar with just about everything. The one other thing to look at here is that um, I think every year it's like half the playoff field gets upended. So by our, by how it looks right here, in the NFC, we would have Minnesota and the Saints in. That's different from last year. Neither of those teams made it. In the AFC, you have Baltimore making it. They didn't make it last year. The Chargers making it. They didn't make it last year. And Denver. So you have five teams different. Five of the, the 14. I have Indy. Oh, and you have Indy in there, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. So you have six. You have six. I have Indy making it that's different. The Chargers and the Broncos. So I have three. Add to my two. So I have five. So it's... Yes. it's but the Dolphins could make it. There are so many. You can make a an argument for a lot of these teams. But it's going to make it for a very interesting season. I think the Seattle Seahawks will be the worst team in football. Oh, okay. I I don't disagree with that. Um, I have them with four wins, and that's probably a little high for them. I'll say the Falcons have the worst record. I think it'll be Buffalo. I think it will be Atlanta. Chicago, Seattle, one in that order, or in some assembly of that order for the top three picks next year. Jacksonville uh, also in consideration, though I think they'll be better. Texans up there as well. Um, but yeah, Atlanta, Chicago, Seattle. I think it'll be those three at the bottom. I think this quarterback class is going to be okay because what a lot of guys drops. I don't even remember. Like, who I don't even remember who won the first round. Last year? Yeah, they're this first round. I I couldn't tell you the. I remember Malik Willis. I remember oh, Desmond yeah. Ritter. Yep. I remember. That's about it. I don't remember. Was there one, one or two quarterbacks that went in the first round? One, Kenny Pickett at nineteen. Pickett. That was it. I think. I think they'll be okay. I don't think they'll be any worse than some other trash. Mm-hmm. 
play. I mean, we had Mariota and Winston one two one year, and, and I would say Mariota's been pretty disappointing, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It can't be Basically, any worse than the, the draft with Ponder and Gabbert and Jake Locker. That's that's an awful draft. All high picks, very bad. Yep. So there's that. Yeah, football's here. Amazon, I'm not watching any of that. Me either. Um, more, more games on ABC that I guess I'm I'm pleased with that. Not that it makes a difference because I think ESPN is pretty bad. The Manning thing, I don't know what those games are. Uh, it's they're doing uh, what ten of them I think this year. Week one they're doing Broncos Seahawks. I think week three. Then week like 7, 8, 10, 11, 13, 14, something like that. Well, hopefully that's so good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching that. I did as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll sure be, sure be fun. Sure be a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, NBC, NBC's got the great games, especially week three, Bears at Packers, which I always love to watch. Well, they do get Bucks. They do get uh, Chiefs Bucks week four. So that's there's at least something good there. Chiefs Bucks week, yeah, that one. They got good matchups. So, um, football's back. We're excited. Mm-hmm. Yay! And good luck to your fantasy team this year. Week nine, I believe, is when we play, and I know you're gonna slaughter me. I don't. I haven't. I've not done well in your league. I don't think for a long time. I like that. I was going to say, I agree. I like that. But, um, it's only 14, 12 team league. Got to win your division. If not, there's one spot open. Mm-hmm. We'll make that count. So, yeah, we, we took uh, Jonathan Taylor, had the first pick. So, he, we play it safe. You take him. He's young enough, hopefully. You got some other guys there that I don't feel confident with, with health. Christian McCaffrey being one of them. I did. And I, I do like the, the back-to-back picks. Uh, I took some guy from Denver. I have no idea who he is. Hopefully, he works out well. Javante Williams, he's good. So, do good. Took Brady because I needed a quarterback. I figured I usually take a quarterback early, but I waited this year. And it was at a point where I'm like, well, I, I need a guy. He may not be available. So I think Aaron Rodgers. He lasted quite a bit. I was. Considering picking him as well to have Brady and Rodgers to see Kelsey, what happened there. Kelsey took Rodgers, so she has Mahomes and Rodgers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, she sat there. So hopefully, yeah, the receivers, uh, the guy from Washington, that um, McLaren, I got yep. him. I took yeah, Hunter Renfro was a guy I wanted. He got picked a couple slots before. There's always a couple guys that get picked right before you want to pick. Yep. Oh, I got him. Yep. So, um, I, I took Tyreek Hill, hoping he does what, what he usually does. So, I, I took Adam Thielen for some depth. Mm-hmm. So, we I, will see. We will see what happens. It's, yeah, it's, I didn't intend on taking NFC North players, my first four picks, but, you know, Justin Jefferson falling there at seven, all the good running backs are gone. Take him. Aaron Jones falls in the second round. I'll take him. DeAndre Swift gets back to me in the third round. Yes, please. Catch a lot of passes. I don't care if you you 
uh, split time with Jamal Williams, that's fine. And a bit of a reach with Amonro St. Brown, but he had like top four targets the last month of the season, so I'm all about that. I wasn't going to take Jalen Hurts. I wasn't planning on it, but I'm hearing so much buzz about him. I take him in the fifth round just to add my quarterback. Kelsey sniped uh, Dalton Schultz from me. Uh, not very happy about that. But... Well, are you in the same room when this happens? Are yes. Are you both in the living room yep. doing this thing? Yep. Are you saying anything to each other or... I just say, dang it, Kelsey, and she just laughs. That's pretty much what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. I really am. Week six is going to be tough. Week six is really going to be tough. A lot of guys on the bye, but I'm feeling strong. I'm, I, I'm the defending champion. i got to defend my crown. So everyone's coming after me just like they are the Rams. So it should be good. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long? Thanks, Serena Williams played her last tennis match last week. Yes, she did. It was a lot of people were interested in that. Exciting. Almost five million, four and a half or so, four point eight. Watch, I think her final match. So yeah, great upset in the second round, knocking off two seed. I thought she was going to go a little bit farther than that once that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though she lost the third set, like six one, it was a great battle that last set. That last point. Yeah, tiebreakers and, and five, and add, six, yeah. seven, Matt. That was that was entertaining. So yeah, she's the best women's tennis player there's ever been. So she's had a great career. On the men's side, yeah, Nadal's out, Djokovic is a stupid ass, I don't give a shit about him, and Federer's gone, so um like that Nikirios, he's he's still in the mix. He's an interesting character. And Whoever the guy that knocked off Nadal was, he's a twenty-four-year-old American. So maybe some newer, newer guys for the first time in a long time. Let's just have an American go deep into the. And I guess you know we we are now into the round of sixteen, or you know, uh, with the with the American knocking off Rafael Nadal. Um, but American tennis, not good. No, so that'll be that'll be interesting. It's your and uh, yeah, so busy, busy time of the year, everything going on here. So, mm-hmm. well, good luck with the games on Friday and Saturday. Good luck with your fantasy team this week. Good luck with the Vikings this week, and uh, enjoy the football as much as you can. And we will talk to you next week, my friend. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. Great stuff. There a lot uh, to get into. We'll recap the the picks that we have. We're pretty synonymous with uh, across the board with a lot of our picks. So that's that. We were hoping to get Jeff Lloyd the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, but busy week with for him uh, with the draft or with uh, not the draft, but with the the Brown season opener and stuff. The Lockdown Browns podcast. He does a great job there. So we'll try and get him on at some point during the season. Otherwise, next year. We're going to just do the, the the players to watch out for in college football earlier than that. Uh, but we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with uh, pre, uh, with picks for week one, bringing back the football picks. as soon uh, Just a moment here. As soon as I tell you that uh, this podcast is available on podcast.com, also on iTunes, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Krins on Twitter at Travis Krins, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Picks for week one. Next, as we wrap up this week's edition, the NFL Preview Edition of the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and on iTunes.
All right, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast with a look at uh, all the games week one, make some picks as we always do during football season. So let's get right to it here. And we start out with the champs, the Los Angeles Rams. They're hosting the Buffalo Bills Thursday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. I think the Bills are likely to win this one, but Super Bowl champs, I'll, I'll give the Rams this one. I don't say that with a great deal of confidence. I think the Bills are the safer pick, but I'll go out on a limb and pick the Rams. New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. We're on the Sunday now. Falcons are going to be bad this year. They just are. They got good players in Drake London and Kyle Pitts, good youth. The quarterback's an issue. Defense is an issue taking the Saints to win this one. Cleveland Browns at the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon, central time on CBS. This is, for all intents and purposes, like for just everything involved, this is the game of the week. Let, let's be real here. Baker Mayfield going against his former team. Browns have a great defense, but they're starting Jacoby Brissett. There's no Deshaun Watson for 11 weeks. They want to beat Baker Mayfield, though, because they don't want to lose to Baker Mayfield. He wants to beat them bad. Will he force it? I don't know. The Browns are probably the pick to go with. I'm going with Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. I think the Panthers rally around Baker and win this one for him. San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Bears are going to be bad this year. I like the 49ers a lot. I think they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl with or like whether or not Trey Lance starts or the whole year or Jimmy G comes in. There's a they stay healthy. 49ers are the team. I think, uh, to get out of a wide open in this one to start their season out 1-0. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Mitchell Trubisky, Frank Trubisky as we like to call him, gets the start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Joey B and the Bengals, that offense is going to be re- just ready to go. Bengals win this one. Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. One of the sneaky good games of Week 1 is this game right here. A lot of people are high on the Eagles this year, myself included. Jalen Hurts could be in that MVP discussion. Lions are going to be a lot better this year. But this makes... uh, Lions might win this one. Just watch out. This is a, a trap game, a very tricky game to pick. Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. We'll see how good the Colts are with Matt Ryan at quarterback here. The Texans will be more competitive this year. They'll win, I'm going to say, three or four games, probably four, same matching last year's total. Not here, though. Taking the Colts to win this one. New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Patriots don't win in South Beach. It's been one of Bill Belichick's big kryptonites. They've won a couple times, but more often than not, they lose. They lose in this one, too. I'm taking Tua, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, and the Dolphins. Baltimore Ravens at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Joe Flacco is taking on his former squad, the Ravens, he's a starting quarterback for the Jets this week, unless Zach Wilson magically recovers. I don't care who's starting. The Ravens are going to win this one. Lamar Jackson and company take care of business. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Washington Commanders, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Commanders, what a bad name. Just a bad name. I think they get the win in this one, but if the Jaguars start out 1-0 under Doug Peterson, there's going to be they have the 
potential to be really one that's maybe a surprise in the AFC. You're certainly more competitive, and Washington could be a sign of things to come. But I'll give Washington the win here. New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Brian Dable, new head coach for the New York Giants. We'll see how that Giant offense looks. I'm going to take the Titans in this one. Too much Derrick Henry, that good defense. They're going to rattle Daniel Jones' cage. Taking the Titans in this one. Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Get to see that the new the new look Vikings under head coach Kevin O'Connell. Get to see that offense. Green Bay's defense is legit. We're going to see how Aaron Rodgers plays without Devontae Adams. He's done well in the past. See if they run a lot. It'll be interesting, but I think the Vikings offense gets the job done at home. I'll take the Vikings over the pack. Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I think the Chiefs have the ability to be a much better a different offense but one that can utilize all portions of the field this year i think the cardinals might be in for a rough ride without deandre hawkins certainly the first six games not sure about their defense yeah you got buddha baker you got um isaiah i forget okay regardless i just think the chiefs better team they beat the cardinals here in this one las vegas at the LA Chargers, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Be a lot of Raiders fans in attendance for this one, but the Chargers, if not now when, you gotta start out the season one and all. Get rid of that, the bad taste of that loss to the Raiders uh, in week 17 in game 272 out of your out of your mouths. Get a win. I think they will in this one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Dallas Cowboys, 8:20 p.m. Eastern, 7:20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. The Buccaneers' offensive line scares me a lot, especially with a 45-year-old quarterback, especially against that Cowboy defense, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs and company. They do have some issues at wide receiver, but I think Tom Brady will do enough to get the Bucs the win here, and I need to see the Cowboys' offense prove how good they are this year without um, those wide receivers. And then Monday Night Football, Denver Broncos at the Seattle Seahawks, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman with the call of the first Monday Night Football game together. Seattle's going to be terrible. A lot of emotion in this one with Russell Wilson coming back and everything, but Denver too strong. Denver gets the win here. And those are your week one picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the Stack Attack, stackattack.sportsblog.com in our football Friday post that we'll do each Friday during the football season. So that'll wrap it up for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast and our big NFL preview. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, just a special shout out to my mom who's going through battling a lot of stuff right now. Mom, I love you. Um, keep fighting and um, we'll see you soon. But love you a lot. Love you lots. And um, good job with the, with the draft here this week. Uh, just keep up the fight. Love you. Love you lots. And we'll keep, we'll keep post. Uh, we'll keep doing shout outs to you here as the weeks go on during the football season so for all of us here at the sports block podcast for travis i'm uh of course i'm nathan uh you can find this podcast available on podcast.com follow uh and on itunes just search the sports block follow me on twitter at andy stacken travis crins at travis crins we'll have charlie on next week to talk about some college football we'll get reaction to week one see what the vikings can do see if the jackrabbits can bounce back with a win talk baseball and everything else so 
Again, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. Enjoy your NFL season week one. Good luck in fantasy to all of you who play. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.